You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Anybody know who Willie Lynch was? Anybody? Raise your hand. He was a vicious slave owner in the West Indies. The slave masters in the colony of Virginia were having trouble controlling their slaves, so they sent for Mr. Lynch to teach them his methods. Keep the slave physically strong, but psychologically weak and dependent on the slave master. Keep the body, take the mind. I and every other professor on this campus are here to help you to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Latrice. Thank you for being in the saddle, as I always like to say, with me to carry on a, a I think, a very sensitive question that we'll be answering today, but again, when we say we have the conversations America's afraid to have. I think this is absolutely this. Again, thank you so much for being with me this morning. If you will, say hello to the two seekers and give them a little bit of your background as we get right into this show. Sure. Good morning. Um, glad to be here. And again, the topic is definitely going to be one that's interesting. Um, a little bit about me. I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion um, consultant. I've been so for about 10 years, and in that, um, and I bring up that because there are a lot of new people in the industry since last summer, but I've been doing this for about 10 <laughs> years, and in that, um, because I am a black woman, a lot of my focus is on issues related to race and gender, and um, I think both of those will come into, um, will be big in the discussion this morning. Um, so I'm looking forward to diving into the dialogue, looking forward, happy to be here again this Saturday, and just let's get started. No, absolutely. You are part of a collective I now call the Queens of Intellect, um, just basically trying to, you know, keep us men in check. And this is one of these shows where we, you're probably going to have to check me and, and maybe some people that call in as well uh, as we get into this morning's discussion question. Unwanted pregnancy, who bears the blame? I'm going to say that again, this morning's discussion question. Unwanted pregnancy, who bears the blame? Again, I go by the moniker Black Socrates. And so the concept is uh, basically taking the Socratic method where we're asking in a sense, questions to get to the right answer, if you will. And so if you are a first-time listener, we do our shows in the form of a question. And this morning's discussion, as we, you know, we keep alluding to, um, the reality is it can be quite sensitive uh, from the times that I've attempted to have this dialogue, whether in person over at Urban Ground, the Black-Owned Coffee Shop here in Atlanta. And so um, this discussion question was actually um, uh, something I've been thinking about to a degree, but I just saw 
uh, or some dialogue happening on the Facebook page, on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page or on my personal page, which I promote Mental Dialogue there, that just kind of spark when you say, you know what, let's get into this discussion. And as always, anytime that I'm preparing for a show, it's almost like different videos just seem to come to me that or that relate to the show. And so the first video that we'll be playing at the commercial, um, literally I just saw it yesterday. And so it's like amazing to for, you know, the coincidence of how many times that happens when we're preparing for a show, um, things that come in light that we can you know, kind of bring to the table to discuss. Uh, but before we get to those commercials, we've got about five minutes before we go to our first commercial. Uh, I want to, you know, start the question like I always do with you, Latrice, and it's very simple. Um, first time you heard the discussion question worded the way that it is, unwanted pregnancy, who bears the blame? Uh, what was the first initial thought that came to your mind? Well, is is that even a discussion? Because it takes two to procreate, so it takes two to blame, literally. Like, why is that a discussion was my first response. Nah, fair enough, fair enough. And, um, again, in my opinion, um, this discussion can get sensitive because, as you said, it seems uh, that your response uh, is simply that, right? It takes two. Uh, that's what I even said when I promoted it. Uh, it is often stated that it takes two to make a baby. Um, however, <laughs> the, the blame and responsibility for an unwanted pregnancy is typically not distributed equally between the men and the man and the woman. Um, I think we understand and know that to be a fact. But, but as you said when you first heard the question, your thought was like, "How is this even a question?" But would you agree that in reality it doesn't always play out? in society under that understanding? Could you at least, when you say, you know, why is this even a question, could you agree that to, you know, some people got to, we got, we got, they have to figure that out because, again, the blame and responsibility doesn't seem to go equally in a lot of cases. Would you, could you agree to that, um, Latrice? So I'm going to go in on and fire the first shot because we live in a patriarchal society. The blame is placed on the woman because she is the one who has to carry the child. So, yes, I would agree that blame is often placed on one individual more so than the other. Um, but because of how I believe in my stance on patriarchy, um, it should not be that way. Hey, go ahead and fire that first shot because that's the type of dialogue that we're going to be doing. Um, again, we've got a few minutes before we go to the break, but I think it's the perfect opportunity, again, for a discussion question due to the thing that you just said, um, Latrice. I think um, if we're very honest, this question to a degree can be triggering, and I'm pointing that out. Uh, especially for our first-time listeners, those that have been rocking with us for a long time. Uh, you've heard me quite often say about the Mental Dialogue Talk Show in our community club is that we're the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, and gender, and I hope that we can prove that today. Uh, and, and I'm really being specific here is because some of the things that you're going to hear on the show, I'm, I'm, I'm warning you, can be triggering based on how you may feel about this topic. I will challenge you as a listener to listen through the things that you may not like to hear. Um, I would actually ask you not to make assumptions about even things that I might say or things that uh, Latrice says even in her saying I'm firing the shot, here's what I think. Um, I'll challenge anyone 
anyone out there listening that the goal here is to dialogue through even the things that are triggering so that we can have a completely honest conversation. And I think, and again, I don't typically say all of these things on the show or whatever. Sometimes it's just kind of piecemeal, whether it's at a live event or I might allude to this on the show from time to time. But I'm really just trying to lay this backdrop out before going to this first commercial uh, because, again, in order to have this conversation, in my opinion, honestly, meaning hearing comments or perspectives when I play some of the cuts that you may not agree with, um, let's push through it as a, as a group, as a discussion. You know, call in and give us your opinion. We definitely won't call in this morning if you're online listening. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a number out earlier than I typically do, again, because I think it's that type of topic. Uh, that number is 646 787 one six nine one again that number six four six seven eight seven one six nine one and once you're in the queue press one and we want to hear some of your own stories um how this is relative to you we're all going to open up the phone lines hot and heavy on this discussion um as myself and um latrice you know kind of try to push through this thing and again the challenge to the listeners and this is again this is something that regular listeners understand our community club here in atlanta understands um, i'll say this and go to the commercial, uh, we, I like to say we practice the art of consideration. And what that means is where you actually hear an idea that you disagree with or may trigger you and you still try to listen to the nuance of why does that person think that way even though I disagree with them. And, again, I just felt like that backdrop is going to be needed, especially when you hear the cut that you're going to hear out of the commercial. Um, again, because myself and Latrice, we're going to dialogue through it. She's used to this. So we're going to have this discussion without, in a sense, ourselves being triggered. But, again, if you are a listener, um, let's, let's, let's talk through it. Let's walk through it, and let's do this. So, again, we're on the first commercial. We'll be right back, and we will get directly into this topic, unwanted pregnancies, who bears the brain who bears the blame? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. Well, those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145 and let them save you from yourself. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Man, and then say another thing with me. Husband, 
I know I know this is hard to say. Husband, like husband, husband. That's the first thing. And even if you try to put a man in front of them and it doesn't work out, you still can have a brother, you can still have an uncle, you can still have a neighbor. But most likely, if you have a son, there needs to be a man around him. There's a father figure, a, a, a male a positive role model or something that it will behoove you to put, put in front of your child. And if there's no man in sight, don't have no goddamn baby, okay? So I don't give a damn about how many times I see these single goddamn moms. I don't care, okay? I'm never going to be okay with the normalization of single parenthood, okay? It's 2021, y'all. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest co-host Latrice Ross is on with me as well. This morning's discussion question, unwanted pregnancy, who bears the blame? You just heard a cut from a brother by the name of Mr. Let Go, a.k.a. or I should say Aaron Mallory, a.k.a. Mr. Let Go. He's actually on the line with us. I reached out to him this morning to see if he would be able to come on with us. The brother did make it on with us. So uh, before we get directly into the cut, because Latrice, I'm pretty sure you want to jump into that, let's get this brother introduced as well. Uh, Thank you, Aaron for coming on at the last minute. Um, so I definitely appreciate you for making whatever time you have for us this morning. Um, if you will, King, um, before we jump into that cut for this morning's discussion question, unwanted pregnancy, who bears the blame? Give us a quick background, and we're going to jump right in, man. But thanks again for being on with us, King. All right. Thank you, brother, for having me on. I appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, I'm Mr. Let Go. I teach uh, women and men how to let go of their childhood trauma. A lot of the reasons why uh, men and women continue to have relationship problems and can't seem to get it right is usually because of their um, uh, emotional triggers, you know, due to their childhood trauma. You know, you get with somebody, everything's great, and out of nowhere, your abandonment issues start coming up, your anxiety starts coming up, your all of your insecurities start coming up. And these insecurities is important for us to know where the insecurities came from. And most likely they came from when we were little, when our mom used to fuss at us, when our mom used to tell us, you know, we weren't good enough, when our dads left us or, you know, some people were abused. And uh, so all these different things uh, just, just literally are still a part of our psyche And so now as adults, we are like these little children out here feeling offended or worried off of whatever it is that the mate that we just got with is, is, you know, making us feel. But overall, it's not that mate or this person that you're dealing with as a man or woman that is hurting you. They're triggering something that hurt you from the past. And that is what I help men and women do, mainly women. Uh, I, I help them, you know, identify their emotional triggers and then um, have a systematic way of helping them alleviate themselves of these triggers so the next relationship they go in, they're not going to have the same issues. So that's what I actually do. 
Hey, appreciate you again for getting on with us this morning to get back to the cut. Um, Latrice, uh, one thing that stood out in that cut, and I'm pretty sure there was more than one thing, but um, one thing that I think as a collective, again, we try to do discussions that affect our community, specifically the African-American community. So I think as a collective, I think we all understand that to a degree, we don't like that, in a sense, we've normalized single parenthood, if you will, and that's, um, you know, something yeah. that Aaron said specifically in that cut, um, that, hey, I'm not normalizing it, and obviously he was pretty passionate. And to give a little more context for anybody, if it's your first time hearing Aaron again, I told you before the break, um, this conversation throughout this, <laughs> this morning might be triggering. And so just to allude to some of the passion, just to give this brother a little context, he was actually responding to a sister who had put her son in isolation and put on IG actually saying that she was isolating him and pretending to have him in jail. So that led to some of the passion that you heard in that cut, and I just want to be fair to the context that everyone heard, um, but however, I'm going to turn it over back to Latrice, my co-host, and say, hey, um, I don't think any of us would, in a sense, degree, disagree with the idea of normalizing single parenthood, if you will, which, again, is something that he alluded to, you know, however, this morning's discussion question, unwanted pre- pregnancy, who bears the blame? When you heard that cut, um, what stood out the most to you, um, Latrice? Um. So I don't believe I don't believe in normalizing single parenthood. Um, I think it does our community a grave injustice for a number of reasons. But when I heard the cut, um, I, I wondered why. You know, is he just talking to women? Um, because you know, as I stated earlier, it takes two to create. And yes, women are the ones who will um, carry that pregnancy to term and give birth. But that just shows why there needs to be responsibility, responsible mating on both sides of the equation. Because once that life is created, then both of those parties who were party to creating that life bear responsibility to ensure that that life lives, is raised in, in a way where they're able to be emotionally and physically healthy and whole. Aaron, when you hear that response, you know, again, this is your cut, so how how would you respond to Latrice when she says, hey, this is, you know, I think one thing I heard her specifically say is, in a sense, uh, why are you talking, you know, in a sense to just women? And you can obviously, you know, respond to everything else she said, but that was just one thing that stood out to me. Um, your thoughts, King? Okay. Um, there's, there's, there's a few reasons. Um, so I'll go from, from a surface reason and I'll go to a deeper reason. Um, this the surface reason is that um, my following is 80% female on YouTube and Instagram. So uh, sometimes it doesn't make sense to be talking to an audience that isn't there. So I hear this literally every single day. Why don't you talk to these men? What about the men? What about the men? Well, uh, my following, my audience of, you know, uh, 65,000 people on just one of the platforms is women, 80% of them. So it doesn't make sense to be talking to somebody that's not there. I don't necessarily believe in talking about somebody that's not necessarily in the room. You know, if I have a problem with a situation and, you know, me and Montoya are in the same room, I'm not going to talk about the third party because they're not there. Me and Montoya, we're going to talk about what's going on. And when I see the other person, I'm going to talk to them later. 
So um, it makes, because, you know, it's always the same phrase. Why aren't we holding men accountable? And it, it doesn't make a lot of sense in certain contexts. So that's the surface part of it. The men that women want me to talk to are not there, you know, so that's the first thing. But to go deeper, um, it's not necessarily, quote, unquote, the men that are the problem. It is the choice of men that are the problem. And this is something that is is important for somebody to literally finally get. Because it's always a it's a certain amount of deflection. Well, what about the person over there? You know, it, it's almost like, um, um, and I'm not saying a, a woman or anybody's a child, but I just want to give you a scenario, and then I can go a little deeper in what I'm saying. Um, say, and I'm not saying women or children. Say you have a, a, a four-year-old, right, and you have a hot plate, right, for whatever reason. It's hot. And you tell your kid, hey, don't go over and touch that hot plate because it's hot, right? And then they go over and touch it anyway, and they burn their hand or say they have a toy and they sit it on a hot plate and the toy just melts, right? Well, the first thing the child is going to go and, and to their mom and say is that the hot plate melted my toy. They're not going to take accountability for what they did. They're going to get mad at what happened, the after effect. They're going to find themselves victimized by the hot plate because they suffered a loss, and now they're mad at the hot plate instead of looking at their actions because they were warned not to go over there, but they're not thinking about any of that. They're mad. They they just literally lost a toy that could be their favorite toy, and now they don't have it anymore. That is the only thing that they worry about. So back to an adult, and like I said, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm, I'm saying a woman or a man is a kid, but that's just a particular just mindset of the way victimization works. You know, so back to these, uh, these situations of why don't we hold men accountable. When you allow, or on the other end, when you don't require certain things from, from, a, from a man, and the man turns around and isn't there. He leaves. Or he does this. He does that. It's important for you to look at yourself as a woman and say, okay, what did I allow and what did I not require? Okay? So the allowing is that I sleep with a man that I, I didn't really know that well, and did we use a condom or did we not? Right? So you have to look at that. Right? And then – the requirement is that I require this man to marry me before said condom came off. So now you have to look at, because the thing about it is we can run around blaming other people I want. We can only control our own actions. So if we all focus on our own actions, which is uh, putting the, 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 the toy in a hot plate or either having sex without a condom or not requiring commitment to a to a high level, and I'm not saying marriages are perfect. Marriages fall apart all the time. But at least that is a, a direction that two people are going where a man would say, okay, this woman is requiring marriage before A, B, and C. He can easily bow out because he's like, all right, this is too much. I don't want to do this. And he'll just literally just go away. He won't stick around long enough for 
said condom to come off, off or whatever. Because this particular woman in this scenario is a single mother, and because um, I know somebody who actually who had a conversation with her, um, and she's a single mother and, and she's frustrated and there's there's no man around and and she's upset. So back to the whole single motherhood thing. If you guys just look at how many single moms you know, and in a black community, and this is a statistic, almost 80% of black households are ran by women. Do you really think all of the men were good men and they just turned into trash when, no. There's a psychological, and, and we can go into this later or uh, yeah, let on me, another let me, let me jump in real quick. Well, no, bro, no, no, I respect mm-hmm. where you're coming from. I just want to jump in and um, get Latrice's response. Again, I know she does a lot of this work as well, and so I'm just interested okay. in, um, you know, where she's hearing it. We can jump into this, you know, maybe some of that psychological stuff um, after her response possibly. But go ahead, yeah. um, Latrice, anything that, you know, that stood out? Cause, you know, I know he said a lot. So, where you know, where, yeah, go ahead and jump in, Queen. So, first, his following. Um, so there are there were a couple of questions that I wrote down when he talked about his following being eighty percent women. Um, why you know the first thing is why is it that you're following? Why is it that it's eighty percent women? Did you begin your platform speaking to women? And does it do men or the women who listen to you a disservice? Because everything that I heard in the deeper dialogue absolved the man of responsibility. It's the woman's responsibility to ensure that the man that she's sleeping with is of a certain yeah. way. And, and, and granted, yeah. all men are not players, but there are a large percentage of them who, don't, who present that representative at first. And I own the fact that, because I, I'm big in data, I own the fact that there are psychological reasons that many women make the decisions that they do. But oftentimes, the decisions that they make, sometimes they do go back to childhood trauma because they're the large percentage of black women who are, by, by the time they are 18, have been raped, have been yeah. sexually coerced. All of these things factor into it. But also mm-hmm. the people that they encounter as adults who come into their lives in, in sometimes wolf in sheep's clothing also has an impact. On, on who they are, their psychological beliefs, their their level of esteem, whether it's low, high, average. Um, but the entire argument removes, completely removes the responsibility, any responsibility from men. And I'm not me, into the what about at all. Oh, okay, yeah, let me jump in real quick. So um, in the next, the next cut, or go in a different direction, um, you know, just for anybody out there listening, and you're, you know, what I'm saying now will make sense once I say this. Uh, I will tell you, um, Latrice, that I don't, I don't hear that, and I'm just, and I, I want you to respond to this, and then I'll let Aaron say something. Um, the reason I say I don't hear that is ultimately, and I, and I, I don't know Aaron very well, but I'll say, like for example, while I don't disagree with anything that he said. I would assume, and Eric, tell me if I'm wrong, but one, one, when I say I don't disagree, I also will be amongst men in barbershop. And if I hear a brother saying, hey, man, my baby mama putting me through this, and, 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 and I've done this literally, and they're talking about copping out because she's making it very hard, I've 
spin the man to check that man and says, irregardless, you chose her. You right. still have a responsibility to that child. And so when I'm saying that to him, I am saying irregardless, but his responsibility is completely irregardless of how his baby mother acts. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing um, Aaron say from, you know, my perspective again, and it's just to, again, we're just dialoguing this out. So I want you to kind of respond to that before I let Aaron, we might have to go to break Aaron before you're able to jump in just so you know, but I've um, got a couple of okay. minutes. So do you hear, like I said, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just so, telling you that's how no, I hear it. And I'm wondering right. how, how do you feel about it's, that in the sense that I don't think it's absolving the other person. It's just saying, here's what I could do to still have to, st- I'm still responsible irregardless. That's kind of how I hear it. But go ahead, Courtney. So, in the situation, okay, so you're in the Aaron, please work with me, brother. Let okay. her respond. We might have to go to okay. break, and then you'll definitely get the chance to respond. Go ahead, Queen. So, okay. So, I don't disagree with what he's saying. I'm saying his argument is incomplete. And what you, you saying, you're saying what you're hearing, I say you're inferring that. That you, you, this is what okay. you're actually saying. This is the okay. other side of that argument. I didn't hear him make mm-hmm. that other side of the argument. And had he, had I heard him make that other side, I, my comments would have been different because I'm not making inferences here. I'm taking the words that I heard on the clip and the words that he spoke, and I'm making my assessment of my response based on what I heard, not okay. what I inferred. Okay. Uh, Aaron, you got about a minute. We might have to cut you off and then have you come back after break. Go ahead, brother. Okay, so um, just in his particular uh, situation, um, he was talking to the guy and not the woman because the woman wasn't in the room. And um, we have to um, – because my, my biggest question is, since uh, we just have a minute, I just want to leave you all with a, with a – a very important question. Well, hey, you know, you know, you, we got we got more after the break. As long as you got time, I was just letting you know yeah, we got to yeah, go to yeah, break. Right. So I was just having you to consider that in your thought world. process. That... Okay, what in the world does holding men accountable look look like? Like, are we supposed to just walk down the street with pitchforks and, and torches and, and just and protest, stand in the middle of the? the what does what holding men accountable look like? Because at the end of the day, uh, all we can do is is uh, control ourselves. We can't control these men. So you can control your gate. You can control your gate code. You can control, um, you know, your access. But overall, no matter who you are, male or female, you cannot control another person. So how in the world do you run around holding other people accountable for your access or or? Uh, hey, great question. You know, Let me go to things. break, and we'll come back and try to answer that out of this break. All right, thanks. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. Here's another cut. So, y'all, pay both of you, if you will, pay attention to the cut, and we'll continue to answer that question and get into this cut as well. Well, speaking of kids, NBA young boy who just had a baby with Floyd Mayweather's daughter, yes. Yaya, he is 21 years old yes. with seven baby mothers. Man. And I, I, I saw an interview with him, and I want to choose my words carefully. When I when I say this, um, I wish him structure. I hope that his success carries him way into his seventies, that he's able to take care of his children and be good to the parents. Because I would hate for him to, um, at twenty one, 
hell comes with that at 21 having that many kids or having that many kids with that many mothers yes hell and what i got we got to teach men is like i got five baby mamas okay so you could kind of relate and i wish and all on everything i put my hand on a stack of bibles that i wish i had five kids with one woman yeah boosie said the same thing because to have a kid there 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 puts a strain on your body mentally financially um the women are raising the children differently mentally mm-hmm. and that structure it should be under one roof that your knowledge are going to all your children and that's the thing that i wish the most that it was five kids one woman yeah i mean it's really impossible to fully raise that many children in that many households. Oh, it's impossible. You just, you, you can't be in all those places at once. You can't so do So you it. have to divide your time. Yes. And every time you're with one child, there's four others that yes. are not getting you that day. Exactly. And with him, it's six others. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really, a, it pulls you, especially when you try to be a great dad. See, yeah. I try to be a great dad. And I'm quite sure he's probably trying to be a great dad, too. But if you got one baby mama thinking one way, and this person thinking that way, or this person jealous of this not knowing what's going on, it's so much confusion. Have you had your baby mothers fight each other? Like, not physically, no. but... No, they don't even know each other. What? Yeah, my kids' baby mamas don't know each other. They never met each other. Wait, how is that even possible? Because they all live in different places in the country. Yeah, but there's planes. There's yeah. cars. No, my kids know each other. But the mothers don't know each other. But in the process of your kids knowing each other, the mothers never... Never met. Talked on the phone? Never. What? Nope, and I'm happier than the motherfucker. <laughs> Trust me. I don't know if this is possible. I got my own reasons. Trust me, I'm happier than <laughs> No, they I mean, I'm sure you are. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm glad I'm they never I'm trying to figure out how this is humanly possible. The thing about that is... You um, know, because I'll just say, for example, for example... Future with his latest baby mother, uh, Eliza Rain, mm-hmm. he was refusing to take a DNA test. Yeah. So her and another one of the baby mothers yeah. got together and got both the kids tested and right. proved that way yeah. <laughs> that that was the father. And baby mothers will plot against they you. They will plot they, against they, they will form armies yeah. against a common and enemy. thank God <laughs> that never happened with me. <laughs> Welcome back to the Venture Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, unwanted pregnancy, who bears the blame? Our special guest, for as long as he could be on with us, is Aaron Mallory, a.k.a. Mr. Let Go, as we hear a cut from DJ Vlad TV uh, with T.K. Kirkland, regular guest on that show, obviously discussing NBA young boy, um, you know, T.K. Kirkland giving his thoughts about how it isn't wise to have, you know, baby mothers all spread out. So to a degree, um, you know, reversing it to discuss it from that perspective as well, but to continue um, the conversation that you and um, Aaron and Latrice, y'all were having, I'm going to go ahead and let Latrice in a sense um, respond. The one caveat I would give in a sense that I respect that, you know, Queen, you say, Hey, I don't infer that from what he said. Um, I just hear the logic that I think absolutely equals equally applies to both sides and in a sense as I said feeling like he feels 
I also anticipate that in that barbershop, he would have been one of the men telling that young man the same thing because the logic applies irregardless of how the other person acts. So, yes, as he's, in my opinion, as he said, when he's speaking in that situation where he's speaking to a woman, he's saying that. Am I wrong, Aaron, to assume that that's what you would have said to that young man as well? Just give me a yes or no, and then I'll let Latrice jump back in. Most definitely, because, um, you know, I, I think there's a certain amount of validation that, that women seem to need where they're just like, well, what about the other person? Like, we'll, we'll worry about that later. And there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, just a natural knee jerk. What about the other person? You know, and I'm, yeah, and, and, and men and, do it too. And like that, that young boy was doing it in that barbershop. Let me go ahead and let yeah. um, Latrice jump back in. Then you can come back around. Go ahead, um, Latrice. Okay, so so to your comment, Montoya, it's still an inference. Mm-hmm. It's still not something okay, that that's you fair. said. So yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah, my, my, comment, my my comment is um, there there are a couple of things when he asked um, what does holding men accountable look like, um, and you were the gatekeeper. So in that comment, I'm inferring at this point that women shouldn't fulfill their desires or, or sexual needs. And that kind of falls back into that old patriarchal belief system that sex is for men and their pleasure, and men, women don't have those desires. And should they, act, should they have those desires and should they act on their desires, and it is their sole responsibility to, to be accountable for any consequences, and so to that to that point, and actually the, before you played the the clip, I actually wrote, "We need to raise our boys to be different, be better." And what I say to that, and what I say to someone with a platform like Aaron, when we consistently make it the woman's responsibility, when people like you use your platform to place the sole responsibility on women, what message does that send to young boys who might hear it? What are we teaching the young men coming up how to be in a relationship, how to be sexually active? Because if, I, if I'm hearing this man with this platform say, ladies, you're the gatekeeper. It's your responsibility. You've got to carry the baby to term. You've got to raise the baby, et cetera. Doesn't that give that young boy in his mind, is he connecting the dots to say that I can just go out and fling it wherever, do whatever, because guess what? The consequences aren't mine. The responsibility isn't mine. And so I look at it as being irresponsible not to address this holistically. And when I argue this point, it's not about what aboutism. It's about arguing half of an argument and ignoring the other part and allowing people to fill in the blank. And I think we see what happens when we allow young men to fill in the blank they go around saying, oh, well, I got a baby here, I got a baby there, whatever. I'm not, I don't have to raise them. It's not my responsibility. She should have chose better. We got so to teach our I'll boys to Aaron, you, Aaron, you definitely get to respond. I just want to say something very quickly. Um, and so I, I will say that that's not how boys take that, in my opinion, because with the shortcomings, for example, that had me, again, fair enough, it definitely was an inference. I can't, I won't run from that. But the, the, the way I'm checking that young man or was, you know, and it's not the first time I've done it, but even how I'm checking that young man and I, I, the mindset that he had doesn't come from this place. In my opinion, from what you assume, it comes from the lack of some of the other things that Aaron talked about earlier for what he does with his work and how 
they, in a sense, quite often are parented, and then wherever they're missing, they learn in the streets, me as a boy being guilty of that as well to a degree. Um, but it definitely wasn't seeing some man talk to a woman. Like, we're not, we not paying attention, generally speaking. Um, so go, go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead, brother. Okay, so um, this is – see, this is not necessarily an argument anymore. This is just simply me repeating what I said before, okay? So this is no longer an argument. So I'm just going to repeat what I said before respectfully. The woman is a gatekeeper, okay? In these situations, most of the time, condoms break, but most of the time, if um, the, the man was to wear a condom, if the woman was to require him uh, to not enter her without a condom because he is a gatekeeper, it is an entrance of her body that, is, that that's what's actually happening. If she had a, uh, a simple rule, because you said something about this patriarchal, okay, the world is patriarchal, okay, it's not patriarchal. So that's the, that's the way the world is, that's the way the world is going to continue to be patriarchal, not matriarchal. Okay? The problem is, in most black families, most, and, 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 and there's a reason for that. So when we look at society, which is patriarchal, but when we look at black families, is matriarchal, it gives some women a, 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 an assumption that it should be this way because it's it like this in my family. I was grown up, like it's all these women around me. So um, the women, to a certain degree, ran the family. But when they go out in the world, it's not like that because it's mostly just black families that are just full of, full of women. Not all, but most. So <clears throat> that's the first thing. The second thing is... Um, the woman is simply the gatekeeper. And there's only, there's one thing that I'm just going to continue to repeat. If you, as a woman, simply require two things, condom, and before the condom comes off, marriage. You know, you can have sex, because like I said, like uh, another point you said, there's nobody telling women what to do with their bodies. There's nobody telling women not to have sex. Men want to have sex. Women want to have sex. My whole bottom line is requirements require the man to wear the condom no matter what, no matter where, no matter how, no matter who. Condoms break, but overall, you'll have a better chance of not being a single mom. It's too many single moms running around, and, and, and there's no dads. The dads aren't terrible people. It's, just, it's, it's the fact that there's a, a huge level of not really caring what happens after the sexual act. And there's no conversation about, hey, do you really want me? Do you really want to be with me? Do you want to marry me? And in a lot of cases, if the woman was to ask that, in all these single mother situations, there's a possibility like, yeah, yeah, I want to be with you. Okay, how are you showing me this? Marry me. Commit to me. Instead of just moving in my house. Or instead of us just moving together, you know, all this, all this little uh, teenage stuff that people are doing in their 20s and 30s. If we were to get all this out, it would be uh, the, the couple making better decisions by simply wearing a condom. This is, what life, this is how simple life is. Simply wearing a condom would easily make everything a lot easier. So this is not about men and women, this and that. It's simply about one simple common sense thing, adults wearing condoms. And the woman 
since he's actually entering her body. If I was a woman, ain't nobody entering my body without at least something. You know, I don't think, you know, because and, and, as a man, we, we can't really imagine stuff like that. So I can just look at things like, okay, if that was me, like at least wear a freaking condom. You know, so I don't know because I'm not a woman, but at the end of the day, that's just the least somebody can do. And that's how how simple life is. But like I said, condoms break, but that is... Let me, yeah, let me jump in here, brother. Yeah, let me jump in here, brother. And so, um, and I'm not, and again, I understand that, like you said, your platform is what it is. Um, I, again, going off of the cut that we just played, so I'm saying the exact same thing to, you know, men wear condoms. Right. Let's make sure we're not having children that we're not going to be responsible for. So I'm saying that same thing. Um, and, and, and I think that there are plenty of men who do that and plenty of men who don't, right? Like, I think that's, I mean, obviously, I don't, we, would, we wouldn't be in this situation, right, to a degree, if it wasn't plenty of men who don't follow that. And I understand your next step is, well, if that's not what he's willing to do, then that's not who she should deal with. Um, so Boom. I know that's in a sense what no no let me just, let me just say this I'm just saying that so I understand that you know that's what you're saying um, and there's this I want to let Latrice respond and then you respond um, and there's an aspect of and I want to hear her thoughts on this too so there's an aspect of men who are willing to be responsible they are the men that are sometimes going um, you know do your diligence to find a responsible men because you and I both know Latrice that there are, you know, again, plenty of black men who are willing to be responsible. And, you know, neither you or I have any love for the men who are not willing to be responsible. Um, Any thoughts, Queen? Again, I'm just trying to weave through this thing as well. Sure. So there are a couple of things. First, this this dialogue, and it's not an argument, it's dialogue. I don't engage in arguing. Um, This dialogue would be really boring if both you and I just continue to repeat the same thing. But, again... Yeah, women are the gatekeeper, and but men also have a responsibility. And one of the things that comes to mind when you talk about single parenthood is the, thing, the first thing that comes to mind, if it were not for men leaving, there would be no single mom. And so we have to take that into context. And one of the things that Montoya said about not paying attention to, the, to what people with your platform, Aaron, are saying, they may not be consciously paying attention, but this is where the brain nerd in me comes into play. Unconsciously, they are listening. Unconsciously, the brain is absorbing that, and it's sending a message to them that impacts how they then go out and live, view, and experience relationships or sex. Um, And if we're going to be about change in our community, if we're really going to change the paradigm, have a paradigm shift where there, you know, over 70-plus percent of our households are headed by a single parent, if we're going to switch that up, then we've got to start addressing both genders as young people and helping both girls and boys understand that there are consequences for your actions. And, young lady, if you don't, if you don't choose carefully, these are some of the consequences that might happen. And, young man, if you don't mm-hmm. be responsible and choose more carefully, these are the consequences that you will experience. And collectively, 
as a community of people, we're going to continue to experience the same negative effects of single parenthood if you don't help to stop it. Give them the financial repercussions for a young man. If you go and you spread your seed and this time leave a kid here, 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 when you go earn your wage, that means that your, your income is going to be split between here, 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 and you're not going to be able to build wealth. We have to begin to tell both genders what they are responsible for and what the consequences are for each of them, not just one. I love it. I love it. We're up against the break. We'll be right back, and we'll let you respond to the break. For the callers out there, press 1 to let us know that you want to get in. Um, I see several callers out there. For anybody online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. You have to press 1 if you're trying to get in on the call. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with Special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, unwanted pregnancy, who bears the blame? My special guest, Aaron Madley, a.k.a. Mr. Let Go. Um, I think she made a great point, um, Aaron. I definitely think it has to go both ways. That's how we have to be speaking to the young people, in my opinion. Uh, what's your response to Latrice requiring that that dialogue take place equally on both sides of the aisle, if you will? All right, so I don't believe in anything being equal. Nothing in life is equal, so nothing can be taken care of equally. So, But I do agree with her that, um, you know, young men and young women, um, you know, have to be more responsible. But to go now to the psychological side of this, to go a little farther, um, if these, these boys had dads, 
because you got to remember, our moms were single moms, you know. So it's not just these women mm-hmm. running around single moms. Our moms were single moms. So that means all those guys were terrible too? Well, no, that's not the case. See, overall, um, this is a part of uh, childhood trauma. Uh, When you're treated like crap by your mom, uh, when when you didn't get a validation you needed from from your your mom, your dad, when your dad left or, you know, you you never uh, was raised around a male because, like I did remember, I did say, the majority of black families are full of women. That means auntie, sometimes grandma, sometimes, you know, we have a grandmother that was married, but auntie, grandma, sister, cousin, everybody, nobody has a man. And you grow up as a male or female and you don't see any man anywhere. Well, that is, the, the psychological thing that's going on. A lot of this is, is just programming. You've been raised by women, 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 whether you're one or not. You don't even know how to respond, react, find, or understand a man because there ain't no damn men when you grow up, you know? And then as a male, guess what? We need men. But our moms, grandmothers, aunties don't supply us with any. So when we start growing up, we learn from the street. And the street is going to tell you, you know, get it how you live, you know, get money and get women and do this and do that. So the the childhood trauma is not always about abuse. It's not always about all these different things. You're traumatized when you don't have two parents, period. So we have to focus on having a plan on why we're having sex, why we're we're just living, period. Like, what do you want out of life? You know, and a lot of people, they just are, are raised to just, um, you know, get a job or go to college, but nobody teaches anybody about relationship skills, emotional intelligence, how to let go of childhood trauma. None of this is in school. You know, taxes isn't, you don't even have to, you don't even know how to, um, uh, uh, do your taxes when you when you go to school. So there's nothing around to teach you the real things about life. There's really nothing real about life that's taught in school when it comes to relationships, taxes, and understanding life. You know what I mean? So when none of us know what a man's job is because none of us grew up around a man, some of us did, there, there's a huge deficit of, of understanding. So... What a lot of young women do, because I said about young men, what a lot of young women do when they, they feel um, unvalidated by the, you know, because there's another side of this. There's a huge amount of women that have grown up with extremely tumultuous relationships with their own mother, and they feel unloved, okay? They feel, uh, um, you know, a lot of women have, you know, their mothers have been through a lot of trauma, and they're 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 emotionally unavailable. They're not affectionate, you know. And plus, they don't have a dad, so they grow up with this need of affection, this need of love. And if your own mama didn't seem to love you, and your dad left or was never around, you don't, you may feel like you're not worthy of love. So, what do you do when you feel like nobody on earth has the capacity? 
or doesn't see you as worthy of love in your own perspective, what do you do? You know what? So let me yeah, let me jump in, bro. Let me jump in. Let me jump in. Yeah, let me jump in. When you get done, I gotta jump in. Okay, go ahead. I just want to say this last point. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll create somebody that will love me. So you go inadvertently find some joker who's dumb enough to do whatever you know we all know that he can do, so she can have a baby. Because (laughs) this is something that nobody really wants to talk about. A lot of women, they just want a baby because they don't know what to do with a man. They haven't grown up around a man, so they don't even know what a husband looks like, but they know what a baby looks like because everybody don't have babies. So the only thing she's thinking about is, I want a baby, not a husband, not a boyfriend. I want a baby because I don't know what to do with a a man, but I know what to do with a baby because I know for a fact that baby is going to love me till I'm dead, and that is the problem. So. Looking for love. All right, and let me say this real quick, and Latrice, you got it. Let me say this very quickly. So okay. I think I think the psychology of what you're saying, I think it happens. I think it's correct. I'm just being honest. I've sat around and watched guys who end up being like a, you know, I don't know NBA young boy, but just using that example because we use it in the clip. I've seen guys who think of I got to leave. Uh, their, their their concept of leaving a legacy is impregnating a woman, but they're not a bit more talking about being responsible for. So I think that the same damage applies both ways. And I think I just personally am struggling how we're not aware of we got to apply it to both sides. That's what I'm struggling with because I see young men being just as irresponsible and growing up without their dad going through the exact same trauma. And so the conversation, in my opinion, I don't, it's not about even being equal. It's just, it is very necessary from the standpoint of if we want to improve ourselves collectively, both the next generation has to be saying, hey, as you said, be more responsible. And being more responsible is if you don't want to, as I also always like to say, if you don't want to end up with a crazy baby mama, then you must vet who the hell you have a child with. Go ahead, Latrice. All right. So um, I, some of what you said I, I don't disagree with. Um you mentioned that these boys had dads, and, and you said you, you also mentioned, you know, our mothers and grandmothers didn't have, have husbands. And are we saying that all these men were bad? So I think that goes back to what I do for a living. And when we look at historically how the black family came to be broken up, this country owes us reparations for that. Because even, you know, with that, the Housing Act of 1940-whatever, when white people were given money to move out to the suburbs, and black people were, black women were moved into the housing project. They actually hired white men to work at night to make certain that these women's husbands were not in the home with them. And so from that experience, from that experience, men were left, men were left to their own devices and they have needs. Everybody has a need for companionship. So they weren't allowed to be with their wives and their children. So they went out and they got with other women and they started up a family. Hence, that's how we began this cycle that we now need to figure out a way to break. From that, we had what, we, what, we, what evolved is that women raise our daughters while we love our sons. So I'm going to take a, you know, this is me speaking to women. We have to also raise our boys and love right. our girls equally yes. because what we're yes. doing, we're doing a disservice to our community by being harsh on our girls. Because they yeah. do leave, there is, it's research to support, 
that mother-daughter relationships, particularly in the black community, are traumatic. And a lot of that comes from the stress of single parenthood and the desire not to see your daughter make the same mistakes that you made. But in doing so, we also look at our sons because our sons, we are are absolving them of responsibility as moms because when we love them and we make excuses for everything they do, we're saying there are no consequences for your actions. So as as mothers, we have a responsibility. Um, And, you know, I just wanted to point out that historically this country set our community up. But so now that we know that this country set us up to be where we are, we now have the knowledge to begin to change that Mm -hmm. dynamic. And we don't change that dynamic by continuing to excuse the behavior of our boys. We don't continue. We don't change that behavior by loving our boys but being harsher and raising our daughters. We have to switch the, di- the dynamic. And if we're not addressing young men about the consequences, we are telling them that it is okay. It is okay for you to go and procreate. And I'm just going to share my story. We, you know, with women, Let me do this, Latrice. Let me go to the top of the hour break, and we come back with your story, Queen, if you could do that for me. Okay. Let's go to the top of the hour break right. and come back with your story. For the callers out there, obviously y'all are hanging on and enjoying it. If you're just listening, no problem. But if you want to get in and give us your three cents, please hit one to let us know that you want to get in on the discussion. The number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. The break's live, brother. I'll get you right out of the break. You got to go. If you got to go, just drop. Baby, 
for job. She tried to sell crack, but ends up getting robbed. So now what's next? There ain't nothing left to sell. So she sees sex as a way of leaving hell. It's paying the rent, so she really can't complain. Prostitute fails, slain. And Brenda's her name. She got a bay. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer Team Special Guest Co-Host, Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, unwanted pregnancies, the blame lie. So we're having an amazing discussion. Uh, my brother, Aaron Merrily, had to drop off. So, hey, um, Mr. Let Go, find him under Mr. Let Go. If you like some of the things he said or want to follow him, then get a chance to let him give his information out before he left. Um, Latrice, you had a story. Caller, we're going to get to you after Latrice kind of breaks down her story. So um, go ahead, um, Latrice. So, you know, Aaron said before he left that young girls want to have babies because they feel that they'll get that love um, that they may not have gotten from their mothers. But the converse or, or the reverse, the inverse of that is that we boys are glorified for the conquests that they make. They're, they, they get, they're celebrated for a love them and leave them kind of attitude. And, you know, I just remember when my son, um, when he graduated high school, he was, you know, 18, So, but he was still living at home while he was trying to determine what his next steps were. And so um, one evening, actually he hadn't graduated yet when this happened, He um, one evening I heard giggling in my house. And I thought I was sleeping. I thought I was dreaming at first because I was asleep. It was about 2 in the morning. But then I heard it again, and I was like, okay, no, that's real. And so when I woke up, I go into my son's room because I see a light on there, and I hear that that's where the noise is coming from. And he has two young girls, young ladies, you know, teenagers in his room at 2 in the morning in my house. And my, my ex-husband, he, he worked night, so he wasn't there. So I, you know, I told the young ladies, I'm not sure how you got here, but you need to use that to leave. And I told my son, we'll have a discussion about this in the morning. When my then husband came home, now you and were I the told night, him what happened. Mom. I was tired. <laughs> I was tired. No, I, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Go ahead. I, I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help so it. Right no, no, don't, I, don't get me wrong. I didn't say it as nicely as that. I didn't oh, go yeah, I can only though. imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I'm sorry. Go ah. ahead, Bree. I'm sorry. So when my my then husband came home. I shared with him the story. He's like, my man, what? Your man? You celebrating this behavior? And I told him then, I said, well, let me flip it on you. I said, Erica, our youngest daughter was in the other room. I said, suppose that had been Erica with two teen boys giggling in her room. Would you still then come home and say, my girl, good going. Do more of that. And his response to me was, that's not funny, Trees. And what I told him then, it's not funny for you to celebrate and glorify what I broke up, what was potentially about to happen in that room. Because you send mixed messages. You send mixed signals. You're telling Greg it's okay to do this, but then you're telling Erica, no, don't do that. We need to send the same unified message that be responsible with sex. It's not something to play with because you can procreate and make another life. And there are consequences on both ends of this. So, but that's what we perpetuate. That's the difference in our society. We, that we, men get glorified and celebrated for the notches on their belt while women get the blame for 
the single parenthood. Let's go to the caller, and I'm going to share some thoughts from the Facebook people as well. Area code 314, last 3953. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, my name is Pianchi. Hey, how you doing, Brother Pianchi? What you got for us this morning? Well, I got two things. One, you have to put a lot of the emphasis on the female because anything other than her willing participation would be considered as forcibly rape. And I know of cases where females, I mean, you know, when it comes time to... Hey, let me do this for you, brother. Do, this, do, do me a favor. Do me a favor, brother Piaki, just for the sake of this show and just something that I stress. Um, let's say woman. I, I'm not a fan of just randomly calling females, 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 because you're not going to call the both men males. So let's, you know, if you can do that, I'm not going to understand this. You know, I respect who you are. I just want to ask you to call on women if you don't mind. But go ahead. Go ahead, King. Well, you, well, women, because some of them are really teenagers. <laughs> but you, you guys want to roll like that, I guess it's okay. Yeah, that's exactly how we roll on, on, on the Men of Dialogue. Yeah, the cases. <laughs> huh? Then you have no, the go cases. Ahead, brother. Yeah, well, go ahead and make your point. Yeah, the cases where when the woman has the child and has to indicate who the husband, I mean, the father is. And she don't know, but would indicate somebody who's the better breadwinner, or should I say the the one who is more progressive economically than the other, and they list their name, and then they have to go through an ordeal of the blood test and so on and so on. Now, one other final point. That issue on the welfare of welfare workers or those, those case workers would come to the house looking to see if there was anyone there else staying at the premise that could contribute to the household, therefore the overall amount that the household would get would be less because if you got one person, it's higher. If you got two persons there, the male, then he should be contributing to the household. And what would happen when they knew that the person, that the caseworker was coming by, they would tell the male to leave. Because if they discovered that you're here, you're living here, you should be contributing to the household, but you're not, well, then the amount of benefits monthly would be less. That's behind that. I had to do an exploration on that in St. Louis with Prairie Igo because I kept hearing these uh, points. Now, I don't know, it may have happened someplace else. But I keep hearing these points that they're saying that they broke up the family. They didn't want the husband there to, because uh, of whatever, whatever. But it had to do with contributing to the household. That's it. Now, we've had, that, we've had that talk on here before. Let me ask you a question before you go, Brother Bianchi. So the initial scenario, and, and again, those are different scenarios that we can, you know, myself and Latrice can kind of go back and forth about them. But the initial uh, scenario in saying that the woman is willing I don't get how we're not considering that the man is willing as well. I mean, I don't understand how that lays mostly on her, on her from the standpoint of who is willing, if you will, to have sex. Now, I am going to continue to dialogue with Latrice about the unfortunate reality, as we've already mentioned from the very beginning of the show, 
that the woman is going to carry the term. So I think there's a realistic dialogue that 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 can be had there. But I don't understand it from the standpoint of her being willing makes more of the blame go to her. I don't understand that from that concept. So well, help me understand why you don't apply that willingness yeah, to the man as well. Yeah, ultimately, men going if a man is willing, see, if a man if you if a man is willing to get in the car to drive it, he goes to the door and get in. If the car is not able to or don't want to, when you put the car in and turn the key, nothing happens. Well, the car apparently don't want to go no place. Well, it's basically the same. A man is willing to have the sex, and he needs to have a willing female in order for it to uh, go on, I guess you could say legally, without there being any forcible assault. He followed me. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to hear the perspective, but thank you for the three cents, uh, King. Thank you. All right, Latrice, I'll let you um, jump in there. Again, I think there's a deeper dialogue in reference to the reality of, again, carrying the baby. And that. And so I, I, like, I like to have it from that realistic standpoint, but I don't, you know, again, as I said to him, limiting, you know, limiting it to just the idea of who's willing you know, that that's that's a little weak, but I do hear a little bit of what he's saying, so I just want to hear your thoughts on it, just from the same point that, yeah, outside of a man being forceful, I, I, I hear him just simply saying, well, how does he get to, it, it, in a sense, right. quote-unquote, if she doesn't allow it? So I think that's where some, a lot of, quote-unquote, men are weighing it. What are your thoughts on just right. that part so, of it before we get into the deeper reality of it? Okay. All right, so first, um, the, the the thing with the caseworkers, yes, their goal was the, the what they were focused on was the income level and people staying there. Mm-hmm. The outcome of that was the breakup of the black family. So if I didn't make that clear, exactly. I'm fully aware of what happened, why, but I'm talking about the outcome. Secondly, Fair um, they they were they're both willing, unless it's rape or sexual assault. So if they're both willing, why can't they both be responsible? Um, and so we can't, you know, the bigger conversation, I do believe, is is where a lot of the blame or the responsibility is because the woman will carry that child, the woman will give birth, and in many instances, if the woman doesn't give that child up for adoption, she is responsible for single parenting that child. And so because of that outcome from an unintended pregnancy, the a lot of the responsibility, the consequences, the blame falls in the woman's lap, which is why my focus is we, we have this issue. How do we stop it from happening so that our future doesn't continue? Our young boys and girls that are growing up now don't continue down the same path. And if we continue to absolve the men and give the consequences solely to the woman, then we're going to continue to have women who shoulder the responsibility and men who hit them, hit it and leave. My question, my focus is on stopping it before it begins. We have the consequences for my generation, the next generation, but what about my grandson's generation? How do we stop, how do I make certain that my grandson knows that the, the consequences of irresponsible sex, How, you know, it's my responsibility as his grandmother, as an elder to him, to ensure 
that he understands that. If I ever have a granddaughter, it's my responsibility, as well as, you know, my children, their, their parents, to ensure that she knows the consequences of irresponsible sex. So it, it's not we can place blame where we want to, but the bigger conversation is how do we make our community better for the future? How do we stop this dynamic? How do we shift the paradigm? Absolutely. I definitely think that's the bigger conversation. Let's look at some of these comments. Some of it may take us a little bit of, little bit back or, or whatever, but I just want to respond to them. Um, I got Brother, honestly, I'm sorry, I think it's Meadow Sinclair. Um, she says, the most important subject to be discussed openly, she's just talking about the topic itself, um, says this subject should be discussed fully alongside sex education in school. And I think I would, I definitely would love to, you know, I definitely, I definitely would agree with that. Um, so and so then since it's not being taught in school, again, we're talking about solutions right at this point. And so since it's not, mm-hmm. then it becomes imperative that we are willing to have, a big, you know, bigger and better dialogues with our children. Like I'm thankful to my mom who, you know, was a single mom that she was on me so much about not in a sense, get impregnating a, 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 you know, a young woman and was very diligent in that I did understand the sex education. And then, you know, even though I was born in the South, um, you know, in, in the, you know, she didn't want me to repeat her cycle. So even growing up in the Bible belt, she didn't leave it at just this moral thing that was going to be devoid of my actual physical, you know, want to desire. And, you know, my hormones running wild. She responded, right. you know, in a educational way, in addition to saying, you know, literally saying, although I don't want you to, I definitely don't want you to. However, son, if you do, mm-hmm. here's like, literally I had friends, you know, and, and where I'm from, I don't even think if people even consider this smart, right. Just because I'm grew up in the battle belt. Right. But I'll say this mm-hmm. because, again, I, it would, it's definitely what led me not to, in a sense, having an unwanted child is, is really due to my mom saying, I don't want my son to repeat that cycle. And what she did was I literally had a, a box. Once she found out I was active, and she, you know, and to be honest, she was a little late on that. So I really got lucky prior to her, you know, realizing I was active. But as soon as she did, mm-hmm. she never got off me to the degree that um, I had a box of condoms by my bed. And uh, I mean, like, 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 like she literally supplied them to ensure that, and she stressed about my use of them. And when it's good, and give her one more piece of credit, I've always given her credit for this. My, by my senior year, she actually put me up to the task of, um, son, you, you need to go buy these, which, which I can remember being scared shitless. I'm active, you know, by as a junior in high school. I'm used to using the condom because my mom was been on me so hard about it. Like I, I had no concept of not using one because she had been on me so hard about it. Right? Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even. I, so I was so scared. I didn't even realize. Technically, I still pulled out, even with the condom on. That's how scared she had me. Right? Like I didn't find out till I was older that people stayed in with. A, I thought you were supposed to do both. That's how. That's how much she was on. Me. But as my, <laughs> as my. As a senior, she says you have to start buying these. And what, and what she did, this I'm gonna go give you even the tech, like to the details. So I had a little box, and she would just fill that little box up, right? And then as over over time, mm-hmm. you know, much as she ain't happy about it, as it get lower, she would fill it back up. So she tells me you need to buy these and keep this box full, like I did. Used to scare me. My friends, 
knew in my mom, they would come get condoms from me, right? I go okay. off to college, and I realized there were my friends. This was normal for me for a full year. Some of them were still scared to buy condoms because no, their parents had never had that conversation with them. Wow. So I say that to, you know, to respond to, you know, yeah, I'm saying it as a response to Meadows Claire, who's saying, you know, this should be taught alongside education in school. But since our reality is it's, it's not, our parents, and we've done shows about this, is getting over how to talk to your children about sex. Like, we, you know, ultimately you don't want your little baby to start, you know what I mean, even though you know it's an ultimate reality. But that fear quite often in some cases, push off what we plan to teach and what we plan to tell them. We push it off. And unfortunately, in this day era, we, we, you know, sometimes they've started before you plan to have that talk. I was that kid. Luckily, they didn't have a baby before my mother stayed on me. Um, go ahead, Queen. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I, I think that it is important. You know, the, the, what the commenter stated is, is important. It should be taught in sex education, but in some parts of the South, that's even, you know, controversial to even have sex education. Not talking about it doesn't make it go away. You can believe in God and go to church and all of this stuff, but at the end of the day, hormones are what they are, and they're going to reign supreme when kids go through puberty. They're curious, and if we don't teach them the right way to engage in this, the right way to do things, give them the proper perspective, with the consequences of your actions, you know, how not to be irresponsible. And if you are irresponsible, these are the things that can happen. This could potentially be your future. We don't do that. We think that if we don't talk about it, that it won't happen. And then when it does happen, we pray about it. And there's nothing wrong with prayer, but we got to be actively engaged in ensuring that our kids are equipped to understand the consequences of their actions and how to engage in it. Just because you have that conversation, you're not condoning it. Like your mom expressed to you, I don't like this, but you're doing it. So I'm going to make sure that you understand this is how you do it. And that's the conversation that so many parents don't have. That's the conversation that my parents didn't have with me, and I was a parent. I was a mom at 16. Yeah, my mom always said nobody had ever said a word to her. And, you know, she ended up being a parent at 14. And so she made it in her mind, in her young mind, that she wouldn't allow me not to have those conversations. And what she, to give her even more credit, what she did, again, the conversation started maybe a little, little later than she had maybe intentionally planned, but what she had done, to give her even more credit, in the fourth, fourth grade, I was carrying health books because I was loved to read or whatever, so she, I was carrying health book, books that taught me about the, you know, the, the correct names for our parts. You know what I mean? It was a full-out health book that she gave me. And I remember one of my um, teachers was, like, looking at what I was reading, and she, her face, she was shocked. So I, <laughs> so by the time my mother spoke to me, you know what I mean? Like, I, I had understood it from what I had read, and she made me call terms correctly. You know what I mean? Like, like, and this was, it would always be the most awkward conversations. And, well, I, and to be honest, I really wouldn't say much. I, I never I never really said much through it at all. I really never responded. But I listened. I 
listened. Uh, let's go to a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. But those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145. Ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145. Let them save you from yourself. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Here's another comment from Facebook. Um, Again, for the callers out there, if you want to get in, do press 1. If you're just listening, no problem. If you're online, the number to get in is 646 787-1691. Again, 646-787-1691. Press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Um, Here's another comment from Hillary Lawrence. She says, it's the fault of whoever doesn't want the baby. If you don't want the baby, it is your responsibility to make sure you don't make one. Your thought on that one, Latrice? So the, the, the emotional part of me wants to say yes. But the logical, rational part of me says it's still both because there's a life at stake. Um, And so we still, you know, it still goes back to being responsible with how we engage in in sex. Um, So, yeah, the emotional part says, yeah, you're right on, great point. And it is a great point. Um, and to me, I would actually add to that if I, you know, wanted to go down that path is that it is more the responsibility of that person who doesn't want the child perhaps than than the person who hasn't thought about it. But the flip side of that is if you haven't thought about it, you don't know whether you want it or not. You hadn't thought about those the unintended consequence of pregnancy until it happens for a lot of people. So um, I still stick to my stance. I want to take it even further, and we've talked about this. Um, uh, I think, matter of fact, you were on the show so, uh, however long ago this was, but I want to see if we could take it even deeper from the standpoint of, um, and for me, what I'm about to say is not necessarily about whether I agree with her statement or not. The, As you said, your logical, now I'm taking it to what I consider realistic in this concept of this. Um, if you because the consequence that's something we have to understand we would like for everybody to understand and we wouldn't be in the predicament we're in if, if everybody already understood this but the reality is we know that it's happening without people having these conversations and obviously again we need to be continuing to teach our young people to have these conversations um, however the reality is many are not and so even the concept of 
having the baby when one doesn't, one of the, you know, parents doesn't want the baby. And so we once asked this question, I want, I think it's a good time to talk about it, is the idea of if one of the parents, and quick, typically the man is in this situation because, again, the woman has to carry the term, but it can be flipped in some cases. But, in, you know, in the case of a man saying, all right, we've, you know, we've slipped up clearly, you know, if it's an unwanted pregnancy, um, that and, and that discussion happens and she says, hey, I'm pregnant, and he says, I don't want it. Regardless of what should be done, the unfortunate reality in a lot of cases is that's the guy that I absolutely expect to be one of these, in most, in a lot of cases, a man that's not going to take care of his responsibility. And in my eyes, because that is, because that is a reality that those type of men are, are the ones that end up being the, quote unquote, deadbeats. Most black fathers are not deadbeats. But for the, those okay. that do, I think it's those type of men that end up that way. And so here's where I'm w- willing to edge this concept of, I'm a, I'm, I don't, I've never used this word, but I'm going to bring it in because I think it's part of this context from a realistic standpoint. Here's where I would teach, if I had a daughter, the concept of my daughter being that the type of gatekeeper to to not be in a situation with a guy who's going to say, hey, I'm not going to keep deal with my responsibility. Like, I want to, again, in the event of having a daughter, quote-unquote, give my daughter enough game to avoid or allowing herself to deal with someone who would shirk their responsibility. And there are a lot of men who, who feel like, right, like how you ending up dealing with a guy who's going to, resp- re- you know, um, shirk their responsibility and that's now back to some of what Aaron said in the last hour. What are you requiring? Like invalid, not just simply a thought, but part of what we should be teaching our daughters. Is that not fair? It is fair, and I, I don't I, I don't argue with that. And I, and I stated there there were a lot of things that Aaron mm-hmm. said that I actually agreed with. I just felt that his argument was not a complete. You know, it wasn't complete mm-hmm. from his perspective. Um, but mm-hmm. I do think that that is a very important conversation to have. And just like, you know, and I had that conversation with my girls. I also had the conversation with my boys, particularly my older one, when he dated this woman who, this girl who who, who had crazy tendencies as a teen. And I explained to him, look, you need to be careful about the type of women that you invite into your life. Because should you get attached or should you slip up and get her pregnant? She's a part of our lives for the rest of our lives. And if you don't want to do it because of you, do it for your mother because I don't want to invite that crazy into my life. And I don't want to have a grandchild with someone whom I have to argue and fight with and who will withhold my grandchild because she's mad at you. So choose carefully because there are also consequences for you should you get this girl pregnant. Um. Yeah, and he yeah, we're and we're No, beautiful, beautiful, because because yeah, because where we are complete alignment is that is the exact kind of conversation that we should be having with the boys and the girls. We are in complete mm-hmm. alignment there, and I wouldn't disagree that a uh, you know enough uh, no, enough of our young men are not necessarily hearing that. Um, obviously, it would be ideal to have their fathers tell them, 
However, you know, for, for anybody listening or possibly in the scenario, as you said, back to, and I wrote a piece about it, raise, you know, like you said, raise your boys, don't just love them, like you said, right? And so in raising, mm-hmm. that's make sure that that, that that is the conversation that we're having with both our, you know, our boys and our girls, regardless of your mm-hmm. household situation. So I agree 100%. Let's go to this break. Listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Again, I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, unwanted pregnancies, who bears the blame? Um, Just had a caller get in. If you're trying to get in, you do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number is 646-787-1691 as we were going through some of the Facebook comments. Um, wanted to kind of jump back on this because we didn't really go too deep into it um, was the cut that we played in the last half hour from T.K. Kirkland um, just saying, in a sense, wishing structure to, unfortunately, you know, the artist, NBA Youngboy, if you caught where he was saying that, hey, this brother's 21 and now is um, having, in a sense, has his seventh baby mother, if you will. And, um, you know, during that discussion, 
um, T.K. Kirkland breaks down that he personally regretted that he had his he had five baby brothers, right? He personally regretted that and was saying, "Hey, I can't educate my children the same. I can't be there for all of them." So again, this is a definitely in, in order to improve it and help the next generation, like you said. And, and even though the question was worded this way this morning, Latrice, definitely is not about placing the blame today because that's not going to help us. But how do we? talk to the next generation with our real stories because as I always say we are the hip-hop generation that has lived it out now it's time to look for the accountability and admit that what we've done generally speaking has not worked as a collective like if we can own that it has not worked then it is time to have more of these discussions we actually got a caller let's get to the call area code 404 last three four five seven give us your name where you're calling from and your three cents on this morning's discussion What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? What you got for us? What's your name? Where you calling from? Yeah, it's Nas, man. Down here in Atlanta, man. But, but look, I, okay, what you got for us, King? I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably not going to be a popular caller on this one, but I don't know if we, if, if there's really a problem here. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we talk about these things, typically we talk about the outliers, the like the two entertainers you just named. But, like, when you look at that CDC study where it talked about black, uh, involved, black men and, and women's involvement in their kids' lives, we're the most, <laughs> we're the most active in our children's lives. So I, I think, like, the early 90s where you had all these talk shows where they talked about, you know, teenage uh, parent and pregnancy and single parenthood and all these other things, I don't even think you can really look at black life in that way. Like, for the most part, most black children are being protected, uh, nourished, and, and educated and everything else by an extended family. You know what I'm saying? The auntie picks them up from uh, basketball practice, and the grandma might keep them on the weekend. And if they're co-parenting, uh, you know, three, four out of the days of the week, one has them and another has them. Like, we, we got extended family relations. I don't think we can try to use this, I don't know, I guess you could say European <laughs> nuclear family ideal on, on what's supposed to happen. Because when you actually look at the, look at it here, it's not actually working for them either. When you look at the divorce rate and everything else. So, I don't know, man. I, I think sometimes we look at these things the wrong way just from how it's presented to us. Uh, and, and, you know, when you have these situations to where people are kind of in, in, in trouble financially and they, have, and they have a kid and everybody's kind of down about it, man, by the time that baby show up, everybody at the baby shower looking at that child like, you know, it's a great thing that it is, that it's a child. And then just let's just philosophically let's think about this what happens to people who don't replace themselves any group of people what happens if you stop having children or you slow down on having children you look at white america that's the problem they're having right now no replacement rate low birth rate those don't appear to be good things so i i don't know man i i start i'm starting to think that this is nowhere near as much of a problem as we think it is and we're looking at other we're we're looking at the results of other problems and tying it to this but i, I just don't think pregnancy and and the issues around it actually correlate to it and, and you know look we we've all played the lottery if we keeping it a buck 
as far as <laughs> took some chances sometimes, and we just happened. It, she just happened to not get pregnant. You know what I mean? It just didn't happen that way for you. And then you tried to be more careful, uh, you know, going forward. But I, I just, I, I just do not think this is the problem uh, that is presented as. And, and I'm not knocking you guys because I know this is a this is a topic that's talked about a lot from beauty shop to barbershop and radio show everywhere but but I don't know I just got a different perspective on this man I I, I do not think yeah, well, we the welcome, problem well, let me uh, say this let me say this let me say this we welcome different perspectives um um however my however is the unfortunate um I think there is reality to um when you realize and for for example the number of children that are growing up in poverty and you see how many of those in a sense are related to um single parent homes and that's to a degree um regardless of race now generally you know tends to be in a sense have more of those situations then that ends up being a number of a, a, a large number a larger number of black kids uh from a um uh, aggregate perspective and then you know just even um, if we if we I think if we can agree that mass incarceration has you know played a devastating role on our families, and when you see in a sense who's in prison, and that end up being you know a high number of of, of people who have who haven't had that had that nurturing um, in a sense from quote unquote both parents can't disagree. I mean I think the I can't disagree with the extended family aspect or whatever. I think that's a a result of the things that we've been talking about. So in order to survive, we've come up with these extended families uh, kind of out of necessity. Um, but some of the psychological stuff that if you, I don't know if you caught the first hour that, that we were talking about, it is playing out in our psyche and to the degree that we, in my opinion, we've normalized this to the degree that we're not even conceptualizing that we, in my opinion, we're not even conceptualizing that we need both parents because we normalize it as not being a necessity. I don't know how that's to our yeah, see, knowledge yeah. response. See, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think that's like that at all. The extended family aspect. Let me let Latrice can, respond, and then we'll let you respond. Just that, yeah, let me let her jump in real quick, then you can respond. So while we have extended family, if you look at the research, because most of the times I, I try to inform my perspective with data because I don't want my opinion to color things, when we look at the outcomes for children that are raised in single-parent households, they're different for a number of reasons. Um, in the black community, children raised in single-parent households, this doesn't always happen, but there is a greater um, likelihood that they'll get engaged with law enforcement versus kids who are not. Um, but aside from the psychological thing, because there's a lot of stress that goes into single parenting, even with the assistance of your extended family, the sole responsibility still falls on that single parent. Um, let's just take it to dollars and cents. If you have children for, in multiple households and you work a $100,000 a year job, you got three different children in three different households, and you get married, and you got a family over here in the fourth household. That means that you got parts of your income being distributed across four households instead of having your income distributed in one household, where there you're able to build wealth for your family, generational wealth for your future legacy. And so, even if we just focus on that. Aspects of, aspects of it from our community, that's important. 
about the wealth gap, we're 10% of what white America has. And so when we have our kids out of wedlock, it has greater consequences for us from a wealth-building perspective than, say, somebody who's white who does the same thing. So for me, I don't compare what I do, the research I do. I don't look at it from a Eurocentric perspective. I look at it from how my black community is going to be impacted by these actions. And so what's happening is this is how things become normalized. So in your head, it's okay because we got extended family. It's all good now. But when you begin to do the micro-level research and not look at it at the macro level, our community, it does our community a disservice and an injustice if we continue down this path. Well, I'm not. Yeah, Go ahead and give your response. Thanks a lot for the call, King. Yeah, I, yeah, I say this in love, but y'all couldn't be more wrong. Like, y- y'all are correlating things that have outside aspects to children. So when you talk about poverty, you're actually talking about poverty, not the fact that they had the children. The poverty aspect will still be there. The prison industrial aspect will still be there. We're actually talking about an oppressive system in America that has black folks in a vice, and we're trying to figure out how do we get out of this vice, but it's not a behavioral issue of, of, well, we just were more responsible. Well, if we just had uh, fewer children or if we just waited until we were a certain financial, uh, you know, had a certain financial ability before we had the children. These are not actually the answers. And that's why these have been trotted out every few decades and tried. And, you know, the result doesn't change because these aren't the actual problems. The actual problem is the racism of America, the actual social structure of America. So, like, if if we took this advice and said, okay, until you get X, Y, and Z financially, you should not have children, what would happen to our population, period? Think think about that. If things don't change as far as the, the structure of America, as far as when you look at who's hired, who's fired, who's employed, who's not. If those things don't change, that means you would stop having children. That means you would have a lower population. That means you don't reproduce yourself. And when I said that extended family thing, that's not a new thing that came out of necessity from the past 30 or 40 years. That has been since the inception of black Americans here, since we got here. When when, when you're talking about black folks uh, within bondage, figuring out different ways to go see somebody because your dad is, is a couple of miles away at another plantation and at a special, you know, holiday or an event, you, you're figuring out a way to see him. Or when we got free, when people roamed the South looking for the, their family members. There's a, there's a great book on it. It's called uh, Souls of Kinfolk. R- really good book. It, it goes through these different Hey, now, so, hey, now so real quick, I'm a brother, I'll keep you together. on. I just got to do my last break. No, so no, let me no, keep you on. I don't, I don't mind. I know no, I no, no, no problem. I, I love. I mean, I, I, I love the passion. So I don't. I don't. I'm just up against the last. You know, my last break. I need to do. So if I, if you want to stay on, it's up to yes, you. Sir. I don't mind keeping you on. It's up to you. you let me know. What do you think, bro? Do you want to stay on or you want to go? It's up to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm here, bro. I'm here. I ain't got no problem. Okay, just checking. Yeah, just checking. Yeah, I would let you know. We'll keep you on. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. For details to become a sponsor of Mental Dialogue, visit Facebook at Mental Dialogue or call Montoya Smith at 404-604-9477. That's 404-604-9477. 
mental dialogue. But all I ask is that you think, that you think, that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please give me a call directly at 404-604-9477. Uh, if you want to be a supporter and ensure the return of intelligent radio stays on the air, Visit us at mentaldialogue.com and become a supporter, member. If you have a business, consider the black and platinum level memberships. Want to announce for any Mental Dialogue Community Club members here in Atlanta, we are going to be having our first live event since COVID a full year ago outside um, at um, um, a a jerk chicken spot near the stadium here in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, Look out, go to the meetup. For those that are on the meetup, I will be sending out the direct text to the members. If you would like to join us and you're in the Atlanta area, again, become a mentor, member at mentordialogue.com, and we're going to do an outdoor games and discussions like we do at Mentor Dialogue. It's been a whole year, so I'm glad to get back to that. Uh, Latrice, I hope you are able to make it out with us next Saturday. I know we've both pretty much been in hiding with this COVID thing. Yep, looking forward to being able to get out soon. No, absolutely. Still got a caller, Nas, on the line, unwanted pregnancy, who bears the blame? Wanted to let you finish your thought. Um, King, I think you were missing a book or something to that nature. Go ahead, King. I'd like to respond, too. Yeah, yeah, man, look, look. When I come with an opinion that I know is unpopular, I expect pushback, so it's it's no big deal. We can disagree on, on this one topic. But... Just in general, I, I think we're doing a lot of avoidance when we talk about this in this way. That's, that's the main point I was trying to get at. Uh, we're actually avoiding the issue that, that really sits at hand, which is the American system. The impression in Not America that black folks have to fight like hell, uh, you know, to, to, get, to get out of And we're not going to solve it by quick fixes or things that don't actually – you know, we're looking at the end result. We're not looking at the actual cause of these problems. That that would be my main. No, nah, fair enough. Let me, like yeah, let me say this and let Latrice respond. Yeah, let me say this real quick. Yeah, let me say this real quick, and I want to let um, Latrice respond. Um, I don't th- I don't think that what you're offering is actually an unpopular opinion. Um, you know, this is what happened. This is just to a degree. We we're talking about the show topic, if you know what I'm saying. So this is specific to the topic, if you will. Um, I, my however is just simply this that I typically challenge anyone that's having the dialogue and when it goes to this space is they understand that the answer typically is in the middle. So absolutely very aware of the systemic stuff. My however is there are steps that we, ha- that we can and should take while, in, while dealing with that 
that actually gives us a better chance under that circumstances. And so, you know, while those numbers have been what you're saying they are, I'm pretty sure Latrice is going to go there. There are still much better outcomes, even within the system, that I think is smart for us to take that could help us. Go ahead, Latrice. All right. So there are a couple of things here. Um, we have to control what we can within our sphere of influence. And, yes, we live in a oppressive society. But single parenthood, actually, um, when you look at it from a wealth perspective, what I'm talking about is pure dollars and cents, addition and subtraction. And that's not uh, that's not that's that's real. And so when we don't when we don't behave responsibly um, when it comes to creating another child, um, there are outcomes from a wealth generation perspective. And perhaps if we lived in a less oppressive society, it wouldn't matter as much. But it matters more for us because we live in, a, in an oppressive society. Additionally, a study that was actually done um, last uh, two years ago actually indicates that there are a lot of heart risks for parents, for single parents, and that they are they have a, a greater likelihood of dying early because of heart issues that are associated with stress of being a single parent. So we can we can try to normalize this and say, well, you know, we need to not look at it this way. But when I go back to data, not opinion, when I go back to the cold hard fact of what happens in a single parent whole dynamic, parent women single parenthood dynamic, it comes back to it's detrimental both to the child and to the parent. And so how do we fix it? Is we try to minimize what we do in that regard. We have to manage those things that we can influence, and we have to then use data. So often we, we form an opinion because it, it, it conforms to our needs or our lifestyle. But I actually, when I form that opinion, I actually go try to prove my opinion wrong because I need to know that the data backs this up. Because if we don't look at data, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. We're doing our community a disservice. And so opinions are all great. Like, you know, everybody has one. But let's get back to looking at it from a, a logical perspective and looking at the data and saying this is what research says. This is what historically has happened in these situations. And when I look at the data and what's happened historically, it actually leads to the conclusion that single parenthood is detrimental to both the parent and the child. Regardless yeah, of race. I'm going to let you respond, Nas. I'm going to let you respond. I just want to throw out a little data and then have you respond. So let me just throw out a, you know, just a little data, speaking to the data that she's talking about. So for the most part, if you were in a sense, and again, we're most concerned about our community. And so, um, our children, for example, 20, it, it ranges, you know, it didn't give the time to go do, do the research, but the poverty for, in a sense, uh, African-American children ranges around 23 to 26% overall as a community. Um, that number can go as high as 40% in single-parent homes. Um, but the American economists, um, just having studied all families, figured out this aggregate, and it's pretty simple, and it's, if you wait to 20, if you finish high school, wait to 21, get married, have a child, those children have a 2% chance of living in poverty. Like, so these are just some data that applies almost in regardless of race. And then when you also look at black married families, they only have 
of black children living in poverty. So just suggesting that this this is part of the way to combat, not devoid of the, the oppressive, oppressive um, oppression that you talked about, but does this not give us the best chance is kind of what I'm asking. Go ahead, Nas. Yeah, yeah. So basically you guys are saying best case scenario would be best. Like, yeah, obviously best case scenario would be best. Y'all want data? I refer you to blackdemographics.com. Good site. They have good numbers about black that's, that's marriage. That's where I get my data from. Where we're talking about black, where we're talking about black married couples in poverty. We're talking about the same outcome, even though we're talking about married couples. We have no, that's not true. I got the 8% from black demographics. Brother, brother. That's where I got it from. Brother. Brother. Yeah. And I'm on there right you now. Me, you, you told me something wasn't true, and I didn't finish talking. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was just saying you said the numbers are the same. I was like, no, I got the eight percent from black demographics. No, no, I didn't, I didn't say the numbers were the same. I said the, the okay. lowest group of married couples, as far as salary, is black people. Most people who are married in poverty. That's black people. So even the solution to what you guys are saying doesn't address the actual problem. You guys are walking around the poverty and systemic racism issue to this magic card where you're saying, well, you know, if you just have kids in the right way, that'll fix everything. It's like, no, that's not going to do that. Look up Tressie Cotter. Uh, she's over at the, uh, I want to say University of North Carolina, but she has a book out called Fix. Really good book. Gets into black demos, gets into black marriage issues. Some of the stuff you guys are talking about tonight. And also Philip Cohen. Uh, he's a professor of sociology at University of Maryland. He's done some good work on this too, because black folks are not going to be able to solve our problem with stern lectures and church <laughs> church speak. Like we're not going to be able to, you know, just keep saying be responsible and do this. Like that's not reality. That's not real life. In real life, yes, you're going to have those great outcomes sometimes, but you're also going to have other outcomes. And this is not people inventing stuff out of necessity. This is people dealing with life as it is. And if we think for any moment that any generation coming, Generation Z, Y, whichever one you want to say, is going to be more responsible sexually than we were, or the generation before us, we're naive. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, well, it definitely won't happen if we don't speak to it. That's what I think is happening to our um, collective. Um, we have, you know, just as you well, I got a couple of minutes before we go, brother. But what I will say is, no, uh, no, we no, wasn't talking about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just so you know, and we appreciate your passion. You can always call it to the show. We welcome this type of dialogue, just so you know. That's what the pay, that's what the show okay. is for. Um, you know, but again, we're at the last minute, so I'm just gonna sip, just kind of say in response, nothing we were saying was talking about best cause scenario. We were talking about how culture teaches and learns. Like, for example, um, a boy doesn't become a man on his own all cultures teach that responsibility. So in order to correct and have more men that are, are willing to take that responsibility, and that's when I say more, I've already, I've already said that the majority of black men are not deadbeats. However, I still want to address the deadbeats for the number of children that are ending up, you know, in poverty while living at home with a parent. Um, again, just to throw out, um, if 8% of black children that are un- in married homes, if it's, in a sense, if it's only 8%, then the majority of black married homes are not in poverty. But there are married people in poverty. So that does exist. But I'm saying when you go to the data, there is a lot of improvement, and we could still teach it 
while still taking on overall oppression. So thank you for the thoughts, King. Um, Latrice, we got a minute, so I'm going to let you give, give your last thought, and we out this thing. But thank you this morning, Queen. And thank you so much, Nas, for your call. Keep calling in, man. We really appreciate that. Um, when we take that, when we take the approach of it's not going to change, we, we're we're resigning ourselves to this space. And I think that having the dialogue, looking at how we um, educate our children about sex and responsibility matters because it matters in how they how they view sex and responsibility as adults. Um, and I do think that um, we have better outcomes as evidenced by the data. Um, and yes, there is. There might be data that that counters it. There may be data that adds to it. But we have to look at it holistically. And those those small improvements matter to the black community because that's the only way. Those incremental changes they ultimately lead up to bigger changes. And so it might not happen in my generation, my children's or my grandchildren's, but perhaps the next one it might change. No, absolutely. We didn't get to whatever we say is wrong now. We didn't get here immediately, right? It happened incrementally, incrementally, like you said. So we can incrementally do things to reverse it with culture and how we think about it as well. So definitely, you know, appreciate all the calls. Thank you so much, Queen, for your um, support this morning. See you all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.